You're listening to Being Jim Davis. I had the weirdest dream last night. Were you Jim Davis, creator of Garfield? How, how did you know? I had the same dream. It's difficult to read that one. It's clearly written as if it's supposed to be a dialogue. Um, maybe I should have done voices. Anywho, my name is Christopher Winter. <laughs> And I'm Jim Davis. Was that part of it? Was that part of the dialogue? Was that part of it? No, that wasn't part of it. That was, that was just... Seems like that was part of it. That was part of it. Are we still in it right now? Oh, my God. You're soaking in it. <laughs> Ew. John, what's your name and who are you? And my name is... Uh... <laughs> my name is John Gibson. I'm Jim Davis. Fantastic. Look, today is Sunday. It's November 22nd, 1981. Today we're reading... The 1253rd ever Garfield strip. And happy birthday to Lee Harvey Oswald. Hey! John, what happens in today's Garfield? In today's Garfield, Garfield, the character, is unfathomably powerful. (laughs) All right. Look, there are 10 panels in today's Garfield. The first two are prelusionary and will not be discussed. The subsequent eight are narrative and will be discussed. Uh-huh. Of those eight, the first and fifth are large. The second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh, and eight are regular. Do they have stuff inside them? Possibly. We haven't got that far into the podcast yet. Look, this is, this is not necessarily a deep dive. We may not go so far as to actually discuss the contents of the individual panels. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it would yeah. generally... This, look, this is a survey of Garfield. <laughs> you know? Who's we'll got o- the... Yeah, we'll overview that they, some of these may feature Garfield, and that's really all you need to know. I mean, uh, maybe, all, I mean, all of them feature Garfield. I'll go ahead and, I'll go ahead and limb and I'll, I'll okay. announce that right now. I, okay. John, can <laughs> okay. I tell you something? Go for it. I like panels one and two, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Panels one through, I mean, really one through six, the gag is Garfield is lying in, on the floor in the sunbeam that's emanating from the window. Mm-hmm. And as the sun changes position, the sunbeam gradually uh, uh, decreases um, you know, gets smaller and smaller and, and eventually by panel like five is totally off of Garfield. Yeah, the sun the sun is uh the sun is coming up. Yeah, it seems seems as if the sun is rising. Yeah. Um or I mean, I mean it could be the, assuming the house is, is horizontal. Yeah, I was gonna say the house might be upside down. <laughs> um what I like about panels one and two is that I don't think Jim Davis has really done a good job in those two panels of the sunbeam moving. They just look like identical pictures of Garfield sleeping in a sunbeam. Oh, I think they are. I think, I think one and two are, I, I think the sunbeam. It's like nothing's happening. The same, uh, same place in the sky. Sun no. sun is at the same place. The time has not passed. Well, between it's not two. Yeah. Sorry? Time is elastic in Garfield. I mean, like, like not much time passes between panels one and two. A significant amount of time passes passes between two and three and three and four and four and five, et cetera. I mean, it, that's one possibility. Another one is that there was a period of time where the Earth just stopped rotating on its axis. 
between parsimony too. Yeah. I mean, like it seems, it seems like a crazy hypothesis to say that there's different amounts of time passing between the panels. So like hashtag between the panels, hashtag between the panels. Anyway, I already said what happens in panels one through five, John, what happens in panel six? In panel six, Garfield wakes up. That's the big event that happens in that panel. Um, he's he, well, he's shocked and alarmed, and he's looking up at the sunbeam. It appears he's he's uh, surprised to find that the sunbeam is no longer uh, where he wants it to be. Yeah, yeah, he's he's upset. And yeah. in panel seven, he's not warm anymore. He's, he's no. Warm. No, he's even okay. One thing I will say for for this, I like how Jim Davis has done. Like, if you look closely, the orange of Garfield in the sunlight and the orange of Garfield in the shade are different oh, yeah. oranges. Well, yeah, he's got the little. He's done a little cross hatching there, hasn't he? Yeah, I guess it's just it's the same orange, but with cross hatching. But I like yeah. that. That's I like quality. that too. Well done, being Jim Davis. Well done, Jim Davis. Yeah. Oh, did I say well done being Jim Davis? You did. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> I thought you were just referring to us. Um, all right, panel seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah. He, he gets up, he stands up on his, on his cat legs. Mm-hmm. He reaches out a cat arm, extends his cat claws, bears yeah. his, cla- his cat teeth. He's got his cat, cat uh, ears pushed back. I like yeah. that. His cat resolve is... is Intensely focused on this sunbeam. His cat tail uh, is just not really doing anything of note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's threatening the sunbeam. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. And then in, in panel eight, the funny thing is that the sunbeam is back <laughs> because it was threatened and he's happily sleeping in it. John, yeah. do you think that Garfield threatened the sun? And it moved, or Garfield's threat was somehow reversed the rotation of the Earth. Yeah, or is it, or is it just meant to be like the sunbeam is a you know an, an autonomous agent? Oh yeah, with its Garfield, own prominence, you know, like he caused light to bend to his will. That's perhaps. the most parsimonious explanation. He caused light to bend to his will. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the sun is doing? Maybe the sun was never there at all. Maybe there's like a camera crew outside. There's like a, what do you call it? A lighting artist? A gaffer. Is that a gaffer? I don't know. Is I mean. The word gaffer, really? Do people say gaffer? What is gaffing? It's holding the light. The gaffer is the person who holds the, the light, isn't the gaffer it? gaffer was like, uh, oh, the chief electrician. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, so the uh, gaffer yeah, the might gaffer, be involved in that. Like uh, the gaffer's uh, holding the spotlight outside the window and like okay all right all right all right okay i figured this out okay so so garfield has bribed a gaffer to stand Mm -hmm. outside the window holding a spotlight on him Uh uh-huh that's what's going on here and then like the gaffer uh his arm's starting to get tired and so the the beam is uh you know receded a little bit and that's why and that's why it appears that you know from the previous interpretation that no time passed between panels mm-hmm. one and two before. Mm-hmm. It's actually because the gaffer was just holding the light. He's holding the light, and then he's starting to get tired in panel three. Well, look, that's, that's one interpretation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably false, and here's why. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm currently looking at the Transformers wiki entry for Lightbender. Sure. Oh, I, go- I googled Lightbender, you know. No, clearly. That, that's, that, yeah, no, that's how did that, how did that ray of light get bent? A Lightbender, John. Is you keep a- going. I'm just going to fold my laundry. Okay. It's a handy little device for covert operations. With it, one can bend light to make very convincing illusions, even complete invisibility. However, a light bender doesn't generate its own light to bend, so it's not useful in dark places. So it seems to me that that's exactly what's happening here. One of the transformers. Dark places, like the Arbuckle household. No, like this, this makes complete sense, John. There was a transformer outside of Garfield's window who was using their light bender to a bend, the, to bend like, the ray of light off like of Garfield. Prime? Well, no, obviously, John Gar- Optimus Prime doesn't have access to a light bender. I think it, you know, it could easily have been Nitra, who is an Autobot who has access to a light bender, um, or it could have been one of Cyclonus's team of Decepticons who have used light benders in the past. Mm. I, don't, I don't think we should just assume that it's Optimus Prime. Well, that's why I was asking. Okay, yeah, I'm just saying the presence of a Transformer makes sense of this whole thing. The Transformer bends the light away from Garfield. That pisses Garfield off. Garfield looks out the window. Look at him in panel six, John. Doesn't it look like he's surprised to see a Transformer outside his window? And then in panel seven, he's like, fuck you, Transformer. You unbend that light so I can sleep in the ray of light. The Transformer, probably it's Nitra. The Transformer agrees. And then panel eight, he's back sleeping in his in his ray of light. That seems like what that's the, that's the most parsimonious explanation of what Chris, happens. You know what I like about this Garfield? What do you like? That it involves transformers. I like. Uh huh. Well, they all involve transformers in some form or another, so that's nothing special. But you know what I do Fair. like? Fair is the uh, the particle effects mm-hmm. in uh, panels one through eight. Mm-hmm. You got little little specks. Of like dust or, or something mm. in the in the in the sunlight there. I like mm. that. I think that's well done. I like. I, I mean, I, I you know I appreciate Jim Davis putting the extra money into the the, the dev time mm-hmm. to get those particle effects just right. Yeah, the um, particles look good. Yeah, you can see, you know a lot of a lot of work went into the uh, the anti aliasing in this Garfield the uh, the mm-hmm. screen space ambient occlusion. Um. Look, there's just a lot. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of graphical details. I, that's what I like, John. Not only do I agree with you, but I'm 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 reading the uh, Transformers wiki page for Nitra, who's the one with the light bender, and I've learned that Nitra, despite being an Autobot, is amoral. I didn't know it was possible for an Autobot to be amoral. I'm pretty sure that the uh, the the Transformers universe is binary. You know, it's like the Star Wars universe. Oh, like it's Manichaean? Outside of Episode Eight, yeah, it's like you know, either you know, you, is that what Manichaean means? <laughs> yeah, like a stark division between dark and light, goodness, either, and evil. either good or evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I had thought too, John. But apparently, there are at minimum two amoral Autobots. The first one was Rough Edge, and the second was Nitra. Rough Edge? 
you know, Rough Edge is another amoral Autobot. Don't make me click on the Rough Edge page as well, John. Come on. No one, no one, Chris, Chris, I can't stress this enough. No one is asking you to click on that link. <laughs> oh, but it's so hard not to. It says here, okay, I just want to... Go ahead, you go ahead and click on it. No, I just want to read you this. This is the final... This is the final... Please, please click on the link. This is the... You can't make me. This is the final bullet point from the notes subsection on Nitra's wiki page. Final bullet point. Nitra's character model is an altered version of strong arms. How fitting. Someone wrote how fitting on there. I feel like they're inserting their, you know, their editorial opinion. They're putting putting their politics uh, in my Transformers wiki. Oh, okay. Um, Anyway, we're probably... For me to thank... Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our listeners for joining us for this this week, um, this episode, this podcast, this uh, John, tremendous John, which we, we've John. all been doing together for the last three and a half years, and we've all been put, do, working just as hard on. Yeah. No, we look. We appreciate everyone who's been on this journey with us, and who's as shocked as we are to learn that Rough Edge is an Autobot who works as a bounty hunter as part of the crew of the Decepticon Shadelock. How is he, this Autobot, working for a Decepticon? Has the world sense. gone mad? Boy, when we were kids, we, when we were kids, life was so simple. The world was so simple. This is like, this is like if, if Tummy Gummy got a job with Duke Igthorn. You know, when we were kids, like, you know, it was all, you know, Mm-hmm. Stagflation, Iran-Contra, Challenger, you know, I mean, it's all like, you know. <laughs> a, lot like, a lot of that is not true. Morally, it was all simple stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was like, a Manichaean world. John, if, if one of the gummy bears went over to Duke Igthorn's side, who do you think it would be? What? I'm just, just if one of the gummy bears. One of the gummies? Went over to Duke Igthorn's side. Who do you think is most likely? Uh, hang on, one of the gummies. Um, yeah, one of the gummy bears. One of the gummy uh, bears from Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Hang on, uh, let me you think. Got, you got Tummy Gummy. It looks like you don't um, remember all their names. I would say probably Demona. Gummy. Probably Ooh. Demona. Demona is not a standard gummy bear. All right, all right, all right, all right. Fine, 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 fine. Uh, Alyssa Maza. The, none of these are... Are these David are like, Xanatos? Would it be David like, Xanatos? It'd be David Xanatos. These it? are secondary gummy bears you're listing here. <laughs> these gummy. are not primary gummy bears, John. <laughs> I mean, look, it's obviously not going to be Goliath or Hudson. Who are these? Who are these people you're talking about? And that's all the time we have to. Well, there aren't that many gummies. There's, there's. If you know what the Zummy, Gruffy, Grammy, Tummy, Sunny, Cubby. Gusto. Right to info it's at being com. Tell me what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, right, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, am I supposed to? Owen Burnett. Okay. Log. John, you've been listening to Being Jim Davis, the podcast that smells amazing if you love the smell of urine. Uh, Davis.com at being Jim Davis. Info at beingjimdavis.com. Hudson was voiced by Ed Asner. That's fun. None of these are real. Anyway. Real gummy bear. None of these are real. Thank you and good night.
This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.